I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views, and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Killer, Liverpool One. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to a view from the Bullens post-match reaction. Everton 1, West Ham United nil. My name is Ian Mills. Delighted to be over on the Bullens podcast with two pillars of Everton's social media, shall we say, Ben Winstanley and Lee McLean. We're going to get straight into it first with you, Lee, if you don't mind. Uh, first victory of the season, right before we break that down into a bit more detail. Let's not kid ourselves, Lee. We had to win, in my eyes, going into that international break. It was really a game we had to win. How about you? How pleasing is it to go into the break now with that win under our belts? It feels unbelievable, Lizzie. Thanks, thanks for uh, stepping in and coming on and doing the uh, the job today. Fantastic, as always, I'm sure. Um 
So great to speak to you. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. Uh, huge, huge three points. Uh, just felt incredible walking out of that ground yesterday. Um, massive sense of relief. A little bit short-changed in terms of the points return versus the level of performances. I think we could, we've all seen a huge improvement in recent weeks. And so it did feel like going into our seventh game of the season that it was one that we really did have to win, especially with a, an extended break after the game as well. Um, ju just to sort of settle everyone's nerves, make the outlook look a little bit more positive going into Southampton away when we come back from the international break. Um, I thought on the day, I think it was very, very close. Um, West Ham had the uh, had their own chances. I know we're probably going to go into the match a little bit more later on, but I think we we shaded, we just about shaded it. Um, the energy, as usual, in the stadium was absolutely brilliant. I thought the atmosphere for a for a Sunday early-ish kickoff was absolutely incredible. Wouldn't have seen that a year or two ago. Just shows just how far we've come in terms of uniting the club and the the impact Lampard uh, has had on God, you know uniting the fan base. Thought it was really really great to be inside Goodison Park again. But make no mistake, it's a huge win. We can actually look at the table. Uh, I don't think 13th is where anybody wants to be or wants to finish, but it's a lot better than being down in 17th, um, you know, wondering where your next win's going to come from. And all of a sudden, it just, it just changes the landscape of, of the season. And we can hopefully now look forward to a few more wins on the spin. Uh, and we've got a couple of games coming up, which look on paper you know, quite winnable. So uh, this is going to go a long way in boosting the players' confidence and hopefully uh, be in the launch pad for, for what's to come later in the season. But a huge win. Yeah, I think it's a really good point that you've said there. And I want to come back to you, Lee, a little bit later and talk about what that can do uh, for us going forward between now and that break in the World Cup. Before we get there, Ben, bring you straight back in, if you don't mind, mate. Moving on to the, the nooks and crooks of the game. Look for me, Adrissa Garner guy. He comes back in yesterday. He looks like he's an even better player for me than the one we've seen, what, three years ago. How important was he for you yesterday? And looking ahead a little bit, how important can he actually be for Everton this season? I think it goes to show, for me especially, that he, he, he performed to that higher level. He, he obviously didn't have much of a pre-season at Paris Saint-Germain, training alone, not participating in them games. But going under the radar and putting in the performance that he, he did yesterday was unbelievable. Obviously, the, the standouts, we're all going to say about Alex Awobi, Nathan Patterson. But the thing with Idrissa Garnagay is he's just slotted straight back in. It, it just shows you the calibre of player. He, he loves being there. You can see any occasion, he absolutely loves it. I think he compensated Onana and Awobi very well. Uh, obviously, Onana seemed to be pushing a lot further forward. Alex Awobi was being Alex Awobi, enjoying himself, playing with a smile, running 100 mile an hour, running up and down the pitch. And Adrisa Garnagay just seemed to, to pick up the pieces. Obviously, West Ham's midfield over the past couple of seasons, you'd probably argue Declan Rice is up there, one of, regardless as one of the best central midfielders in the Premier League. Thomas Suchek has probably gone a bit, a bit more quieter under the radar this season, but has had two exceptional seasons in the Premier League. But Adrisa Garnagay pocketed the pair of them. Honestly, they, they were breaking in numbers, West Ham, and, and he always finds to, to know to be in the right place at the right time. And that can't go like without notice because you can't teach that with certain players, especially in professional, even at the professional level of the game. These players have an instinct of where to be and, and just in the right place at the right time. The tackles, the interceptions, the, the counter-attack by West Ham was just nullified completely by Idrissa Garnagay. He obviously helped fill in for, for Mikhailenko, helped Nathan Patterson on the right when the likes of Anthony Gordon weren't tracking back. 
So it's going to be absolutely monumental going forward. I'm, I was absolutely delighted when the bubble came on the podcast in the summer and said that Everton were trying so hard to get Idrissa Garnagay back from Paris Saint-Germain. And it was so refreshing to hear that he only wants to come to Everton. Obviously, a few big teams were sniffing. I think obviously like United and Chelsea and a few other teams did ask the question. But he promised Everton that he wanted to come back here. And to get him for such a small, minimal fee, it, it, it's unbelievable. You have looked at performances last season as well when he's playing for Paris, obviously against Manchester City in, in the Champions League. He was man of the match home and away against them. And, and, and that's playing at the top level of, of football. So I think it's a real coup for Everton to get him in to the first 11, into the back to the football club. And he really just didn't feel like the past three or four years hasn't happened. He's just been there, straight back in. And you can see with the morale at the end of the game, Onana, Awobi, Idrissa Garnagay were just hugging each other. Um, obviously, you find the likes of Abdoulaye Decore. He was our starting central midfielder last season, along with Alan. Both find themselves now fourth, fifth, maybe sixth choice central midfielders. So that can only be a positive, the absolute depth of the squad we've actually got. So I'm over the moon, Millsy. Made up to have him back. And, and what Lee said before, thank you so much for coming on and hosting a view from the Bullens. It really is appreciated. Oh, it's my pleasure, boys. You know that. I say to you all the time at the night and stuff. I'm a big fan of what you guys do. It's a pleasure to be on helping out. Uh, Lee, for me, a year is such a, a short space of time in football. I, I was such, I was so disconnected last season with the team. And I've gone mm-hmm. to almost being, being back in love again, if you will. And for me, a lot of that is the character of the mm-hmm. team. And, and when I say character... Two names come to mind for me, Connor Cody, James Tarkowski. What have you made of them so far, especially yesterday? What what for you is the difference they've brought to the team, not only on the pitch, but, but the personality and the character? Uh, faultless. Those are the, the pair of them have almost been faultless since they came in. Just such well-thought-out signings and exactly what we needed. And you're right in saying, you know, I think all of us last year did, weren't taking much enjoyment in going to Goodison Park or away away from home. A huge disconnect between the fans and the club, and there was loads of reasons for that. Obviously, the obvious one was the managerial appointment, but there was other other factors as well. Uh, it just wasn't nice, and it didn't feel like it was the club that I grew up knowing and loving. Um, but now it it is. You're right, mate. It, it's the complete opposite to that. I'm loving going the games again. Um, I know that despite the results, you can never guarantee a result in the Premier League. You know, we're not there yet. We're not top four candidates or anything like that. Um, that's where we want to be, but we're not there yet. But you know, even if, even if we are, if we, if we don't come out with the three points at the end of the day, you're going to see effort and determination and they're going to leave absolutely everything out on the pitch. And we spent far too long on these podcasts last year, the year before, bemoaning that not happening. And you know, seeing seeing these just really, really weak, pathetic performances where we used to roll over for teams, concede one and go to pieces uh, or just limp to a dismal uh, defeat. That's not happening. We're going to lose games this season. There's no question about that. Um, but what what these guys, and, and there are others as well, but what these, and you're right to point these two out, have, have provided is, is just that that sense of, of leadership, of setting the right example, of having the, the, the teammates' backs when, when it's needed. They just set the, the right tone in, in football games. Obviously, they're the, the hardest parents in Rocky and Apollo back in the 80s. But you want you want lads like that on your side. Every time there's a niggle or someone puts a poor challenge in on one of our players, they're right over there defending them, getting in the faces of players, getting in the faces of referees. All stuff that we've just not seen for far, far too long. 
But like I've just mentioned, they're not on their own. Um, they're, they're probably the ones that you'd look to. I think the position on the pitch being centre-back, you know, it's, it's great that we've got that pairing at the back that, that's almost a, an amazing insurance policy which allows other players further forward, full-backs, goalkeepers to do their job a little bit better knowing that these two guys are in there. But you look at Nathan Patterson, again, someone who's up for a fight, someone who, who you're not going to bully in a game. If you're a winger, you're not going to have an easy day with him. Um, and, and, and I want to come back to him a little bit later on just to single him out for, for his contribution again. I thought he was absolutely superb. Um, Anthony Gordon didn't have his best day yesterday by any means. I thought he was quite poor, but again, he's one that will, he's niggly. He'll, he'll, he's, up, he's up for a battle. So there's character running through this Everton side now. And that's why you've, there's this really, really great feeling around the club. And it's bizarre because we're sat on seven points. We've only won one game in, in seven, but yet the feeling is what it is. And, and that is purely down to there's a, there's a team of 11 players plus substitutes who we can identify with. And we know, because it's all of our dream, there's 39,000 people watching uh, from the stands who, who do anything um, to, to be on that pitch and pulling on the blue shirt and giving absolutely everything. We'd all do that. Um, so the fact that we can identify with the players and they're doing what we would do if we were in their position that that's just doing everything it's doing everything for the atmosphere we're we're, we're not getting on players backs you look at Alex Awobi as an example he's got confidence absolutely bursting through his veins coming out of everywhere from you can just tell uh, he's playing with a smile on his face he's trying things it's coming off when they're not coming off he's trying it again the next time he gets the ball because he knows he's, he knows he's playing in front of a crowd that have got his back um and, and, and that's all to do with efforts and application. So Cody and Tarkovsky, absolutely outstanding again. Joint best defensive record in the Premier League after seven games say, says it all. Um, so that's, that's a really, really strong and solid basis that we can hopefully build you know, the, the foundations of a good season from. The next step now is adding some more chances and more goals and, and winning games by perhaps more than one. Um, but that will come. And that you can't really focus on that without a solid defensive uh, unit behind you. So... Top job, those two, and you're absolutely correct for calling them out. Yeah, I think, Lee, just to piggyback on what you're saying, which I completely agree with, I think that's probably a game that Everton wouldn't have won last season and maybe years before that as well. I think character is playing a big part in what we're seeing and why I feel the way I do and why you've echoed why you feel the way you do at the moment as well. Ben, bringing you back into it and um, walking into the ground yesterday, a lot of people would have seen that Dominic Calvert-Lewin didn't make the matchday squad. That alone heaps a lot of pressure on the on the eventual match winner, Neil Morpé. Really pleasing for me to see him not only get the goal, but have that moment where he was the man yesterday. He was the man who got the three points. Um, it was exactly what he needed to launch his Everton career, wasn't it? I think especially after the Merseyside derby, Millsy, when he missed that glorious opportunity. Um, I think there was yeah. a, a few members on on social media, that he was really distraught by it. The the, the players gathered around him during the week, the, the playing staff, um, the management within Everton Football Club. I really do feel like it hit him uh, very hard. I spoke about it on the podcast earlier, that obviously you did an article uh, on the Telegraph recently, on the on the days leading up to that West Ham game. And he was saying how, how proud he was to play for Everton, how much of a step it was up from Brighton to join a club of Everton's magnitude. And he seems to just get it. I, I don't know why. A, a few Evertonians in the summer were a few raised eyebrows over Neil Morpé when he was linked, um, and that, which seemed to like progress rapidly. 
But for me, he's a player that gives 110%. If you speak to any Brighton fan, he works his socks off. And in the 180 minutes I've seen him play, he was non-stop running. He pulls his socks up and he runs further than any Everton player over the past two games. Covers all the grass, leaves the defenders literally no space. He reminds me a bit of a Stephen Naismith, just a bit of a a pain in the backside of the opposition. Somebody you know who's not going to give you a second to obviously relax on the ball. And that's where it starts for Lampard. He does like a bit of a press. And Morpé does that. And I spoke about it again earlier. That goal is so underrated. that The first touch, the turn and the finish is technically unbelievable because the likes of Dominic Calvert-Lewin and especially Solomon Rondon wouldn't be able to or even think of doing that turn and unleashing a shot like that and that's no disrespect to them as players they just haven't maybe got that in the locker so where like Dominic Calvert-Lewin's got the aerial ability over Morpé he's a bit more technical and I think in in the front three they worked really well obviously him Gordon Gray were linking up they were playing one twos nice little football as Lee touched on it would have been nice to see him more clear-cut chances cut out. That, that, that's, I'm not saying that we're the most attacking side in the Premier League, but just to see a few more chances to make it 2-3-4-0, because West Ham were there for the taking yesterday. We could have really put them to bed, but look, he came on, he, he scored a brilliant goal. Uh, he settled in really well to the football club, and you could see by his celebration just how much it meant to score and play for this magnificent football club. And hats off to him. His attitude in the week has been phenomenal by all accounts. Put got his head right down. And I feel like that the goals that Richarlison had scored last season, he may come up with the eight and ten goals that we have missed. It's, it's he's played twice for Everton now, scored one. So he would be absolutely over the moon to get the monkey off his back in regards to scoring goals for Everton. The, the pressure's now gone. He can now concentrate on scoring more goals and keeping Dominic Calvert-Lewin out of the side when he's back, obviously against Southampton. It's another option, isn't it? Obviously, that if you come across some big physical centre-half partnerships, then you might look for, for Dominic Calvert-Lewin to obviously hold the ball up, win the aerial challenges. But if you're playing against, against a team that's predominantly slow at the back or don't you don't really want to give them a minute on the ball because they build from the back. More patient man. He will put the hard ground and he will pull his socks up and he will get stuck in. So no, I was absolutely made up for him. I made up his Nevertonian and he's already starting to prove some doubt is wrong. So great first goal, technically brilliant. Keep it going, Neil. Yeah, spot on. It's something that, that he has to build on. We're talking about Everton building on this win and, and we'll move towards that. But I think for me, Neil Morpé's got to build on that. And if he, he adds a couple more goals before the before the World Cup break, then who knows where where we can piggyback on his shoulders. Like you say, Ben, if he's going to be a, an attacker who defenders hate to play against and our crowd get with him, I think we might have found someone there. Lee, when you're leaving the ground yesterday and, and you're, you're thinking about, you know, the game as, you, as you're travelling home. What were your immediate thoughts? What were you taking from yesterday's games as soon as it finished? Apart from obviously the joy of our victory. I think I compared it to the, the corresponding game last year, Millsy. I, I, I seem to remember coming away from the West Ham game at Goodison last season thinking, wow, West Ham's one of the best sides that have come to Goodison and they really, really dominated us, especially in midfield. So I think this was a huge sort of benchmark of how far we've come. And I want to the midfield's one thing that keeps springing to mind for me. Something that we discussed at length over the over the course of the past eighteen months was just how weak our midfield is compared to the rest of the Premier League. Really, um, I think 
when you're comparing it to even some of the bottom sides, Everton's midfield options last season were very, very poor, very limited. Ben touched upon it earlier on around uh, Abdullah Decore coming on for a cameo at the end. He was our absolute first name on the team sheet in midfield last season. Um, so it's a sign of just how far we've come and the options that we've been able to bring in. We just look like a more rounded, more balanced team. There's a lot more legs, a lot more energy um, about our midfield. And it's such a crucial area of the pitch. Games can be won and lost in there. And you look at Declan Rice, an absolutely brilliant individual footballer who, who didn't have a bad game yesterday, but just wasn't able to stamp his influence on it or dictate the way he did last season. I remember him. It looked like he was the only person on the pitch last season. He had such an easy, comfortable afternoon, absolutely dominated the, the, the football game. I think we lost 1-0 off the top of my head. But yesterday, again, although he, he did okay, Everton's midfield, got they, they won the battle. They won the collective battle. I thought we were breaking quickly in numbers. We were pressing really, really effectively at the right times. On the ball, we look more comfortable. It doesn't look like a hot potato anymore. Um, so it's just nice to finally see a team on the pitch that looks balanced, that looks like it's got legs. I, meant, I mentioned a tweet yesterday about Slug FC. Um, that was a term, I think it was, I can't remember if it was the Bobble or Ben came up with that last year, but I thought it was funny. And it was true because there was such a lack of pace and a lack of energy around Everton for far, far too long. And I think along with character, which obviously has been a quality that they've, that's been high on the agenda list when the recruitment team have been at the work over the summer, I think pace, legs, energy, youth, the vibrance of youth, that this is this has been something again that I think is is high on the list and and it and it was it needed to be because you, the the Premier League these days you've got to be an athlete you've got to be able to get about the pitch from the first minute to the ninety fifth ninety sixth ninety eighth of your Liverpool um, so hugely hugely important I think that again a clean sheet uh, second clean sheet on the run absolutely really really positive something that if we we can continue you've always got a chance in games. And even if we're not there yet in terms of blowing teams away, being able to win the, win your games 3-4-0, 4-1, if you can keep it at nil, we've got enough on that pitch in terms of attacking threats to come away with your 1-0s, your 2-0s, whatever, 2-1 uh, victories. And, and that's enough for now. Um, and and I, I just think the, the recruitment has been so, so good. Of course, we would have all liked that top-level striker to come in and... and um, provide some competition to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But I was certainly one of the people that perhaps doubted the the acquisition of Neil Morpé. Hold me hands up at the time. I was thinking, hmm, I'm not I'm not too sure about that. But always willing to give him a chance. And again, I echo what you both said. I thought he's been absolutely brilliant since he's come in. Really applied himself well, got his head down, got a great attitude, never stopped running. Could have scored in both of the games, but got off the mark quickly yesterday. So I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll build on that. Um, but it's again, I'm just coming away from that ground to answer your question, Millsy, yesterday thinking I've got my Everton back. I enjoyed that game and I'm looking forward to the next one. And as a fan, I think for me, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, it is. I, I couldn't disagree. Uh, ben, before we do move on to the final question, it's just a carbon copy question for you that I asked Lee. Before we get home and we start seeing socials and we start being influenced by, by you know pundits and what they think and we start forming our opinion, Whilst it was fresh in your mind leaving the ground yesterday, what were you taking from that victory? I think it's going to be a bit of a controversial one, really. Obviously, the players performed brilliantly on the pitch, but I was obviously, I sit quite near to where obviously the um, the management are, Lampard, 
Ashley Cole, Paul Clements. And I really took away how vocal and how um, how much of an influence Ashley Cole and Paul Clements actually have on this team. Ashley Cole does not sit down throughout the whole game. If you're there next week or whenever we're back at Goodison in a few weeks, we play for United the next game. Just have a cast over your eyes over the bench because Ashley Cole, honest to God, is up there all times. He literally plays the game standing up. And the biggest thing that came to me after the game, Millsy, was the amount of corners that Everton defended. I think it was 14 corners that Everton obviously defended yesterday against West Ham and every single time I knew we were going to defend it. I don't know why. Last season, we, uh, the opposition had get a corner and Goodison seemed to be on edge. Everyone had the heart and the mouths sitting on the edge of the seat because they kind of knew what was coming. But defensively, they looked completely sound. So absolutely enormous credit has got to be given to, to Paul Clement and Ashley Cole who are working on the basics of defending set pieces. I've seen a stat that obviously we, we've had 66 corners against them so far this season and we've only conceded once from them. Compare that to last season where I think it was we, we conceded the most set pieces in the Premier League by quite some distance. So hats off to the management. I wanted to just make that abundantly clear. And and, and also a crucial moment that, that, that came across me um, during the game. I think a few people have spoke about it, obviously Anthony Gordon and Nathan Patterson. In the second half of, of the game, there was a bit of a to-do near the park end. Anthony Gordon or Nathan Patterson, there was a man overlapping and there was a bit of a to-do near the corner flag. Now, I don't mind that. I really, really don't mind, mind it at all. The pair of them showed a bit of passion, showed a bit of fight and showed a desire to keep that clean sheet. Again, we spoke about characters, we spoke about leaders and I have no doubt in my mind that that was all left on the pitch yesterday. Players that want to defend and not not blame one another, but ask what's happened there. Get show some emotions because we get, I can get completely behind that. Some people might might not want to see it, but that's what I want to see: the determination to question a teammate. What's happened there? Overall, I think Anthony Gordon didn't follow his man, but regardless, they were both asking each other like, "What happened there?" Passive aggressive, and that's what I want to see. We spoke about. Tarkovsky, Cody, the leadership, the management, they're, they're non-stop clapping, getting in, get, as soon as Nathan Patterson makes a, a great tackle, Connor Cody's over there hitting him on the back. I think we, we've said this group of players that Frank Lampard's putting together, as Lee quite rightly touched on there, I feel like we've got our Everton back. I know we've only got seven points out of seven games, I get it. But it's starting to become the most likeable group of players we've had at this team for a long time. I like them all. And you've seen the video of obviously Iwobi, Onana or Danton afterwards. Um, there seems to be a real chemistry and a closivity of this, this group of players. I think if those who are sad enough like me to watch the tunnel access in great de detail, Iwobi, Damari Gray, Onana, all like happy, cheering, laughing. They seem to really get on. There seems to be no bad eggs or bad apples amongst this Everton group. And it's so refreshing to see, Millsy. I'm over the moon. Um, obviously, I'd like to see us start put teams a bit to bed a bit more. These 1-0s do have your heart in your mouth at times when, especially when Maxwell Cornett goes through in the 89th minute. And if it wasn't for a, a decisive touch from Nathan Patterson, then that game could have been a draw and the feeling could have been a lot different going into the international break. But look, we deserve the three points. We were the better team and I'm made up to get the three points going into the short break now.
Yeah, you're not the only one, Ben. He was a, he was a sucker for those um, tunnel videos. I'm guilty of overanalyzing the way Tom Davis walks past the physio room or the way the manager walks past the physio room. So you're not the only one. I'm a sucker for it as well. We'll we'll wrap the podcast up with a couple more questions. And um, if you are listening, please head over to to Twitter and give the Bullens lads a follow. It's at the Bullens View. Not just audio content. There's lots of tweets and back and forth and engaged on social media. So if you are listening in the car or in the gym. Get your phone out when safely when you safely can and type in at the Bullens View. Give a follow on Twitter. Um, ben, just finally to wrap things up with you, and then we'll move on to Lee to close the show. But for you, you've mentioned there that uh, Gordon and, and Patterson are little, you know, coming together. You don't mind that. For me, we've glossed over Amir Begovic just being a really good goalkeeper. And sometimes we've been let down by not having that number two. Damari Gray for me again was really, really threatening. Before we do do close up the show, is, is there anything else that you want to comment on individual performance-wise? I think that's a really good point from you, Millsy, there. Asmir Begovic came in. Um, I think you're absolutely right. We haven't had a proper number two like that for, for a long time. Obviously, he's 35, 36 years of age now, Asmir Begovic, but he's a model pro. Came in, did a job, kept the clean sheet, which would be absolutely massive for him because Jordan Pickford looked captain at the moment, obviously with Seamus Coleman not being in the starting eleven due to Nathan Patterson's form. And you'd probably think, as the opposition might, will target their goalkeeper. But he was brilliant, caught everything, punched everything. His kicking was good. Obviously, hasn't got the range of passing that Jordan Pickford has. But look, performed extremely well. Uh, absolutely delighted for him. A crucial save towards the end off again, Maxwell Cornett. He looked dangerous to push it out for a corner. I think he was good. Uh, obviously, Nathan Patterson, Alex Awobi for me, the, the, the pair of them were unbelievable again. Patterson's just gone from strength to strength, really enjoying his football. Seems a really modest um, player as well. Wears his heart on his sleeve, puts a lot of tackles in. So overall, I'm over the moon. Um, I think it wasn't Anthony Gordon's best game, um, to be honest. I think, obviously, he, he just he seems to run out of steam in, in, in the 60th, 70th minute. But look, McNeil came on um, performed relatively okay. Tracked back a lot more, helped Patterson with the the dangerous corner, who looked probably their best player. We rode our luck a little bit. Obviously, they hit the post, which we can't gloss over, which, again, as soon as Ben Rama hit that shot, I think Goodison stood still and thought, oh, no, not this again. Probably their only dangerous attack. Um, but overall, I'm over the moon. It's a solid, solid win. Yeah, over the moon to get to get that, get that three points going into the international break. And then, Lee, if you don't mind ending the show with, with looking ahead, I asked you earlier that I wanted to ask you about, you know, moving forward. So, a bit of a, a, a double-edged question, if you don't mind. What should that win be as a catalyst? And what can it be now? Because we're, we're going into a period where there's another break coming up, a prolonged break. So this next set of fixtures is massive. What can that win be and what should it be for our catalyst? Um. Good question. Uh, I think the win was overdue. I think realistically, we 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 could potentially be sat here on 12, 13, 14 points and, and there wouldn't have been many raised eyebrows in terms of performances. So it was overdue. Um, but if you look at the table, it is quite condensed. And you look at Southampton away, um, not the most intimidating of grounds, um, but a ground that we've not had the best record uh, at over the years. Um, you know, in terms of where Southampton have been as a football club, we should have won far, far more games than we have done down on the South Coast. Uh, but it's a game that we'll all be at. 
I'm really, really looking forward to it. I can't believe I've agreed to drive, by the way, Ben, talking me into that when I was drunk on Friday night. Um, but it's going to be a, another packed out away end, uh, a game that we should be absolutely looking to win. We've now got the players to call upon, I think, to go into any game, perhaps aside from Man City. Man City are in a league of their own. I think we'd all concede that. All football fans will concede that. But any any other fixture, I think this Everton side can more than hold their own. Not saying that we can go into every game expecting to win, but we're certainly going to be in the contest. If you look at the type of players that we've got, um, they're not going to roll over. You know, they're not going to flap it if we go a goal down. You know, they're going to be able to brush themselves off quite quickly and and raise their heads and, and go again, so to speak. So I'm expecting. I really do expect to win away and, and I'm sure we'll have a podcast closer to the time to talk about that game in more detail. But I look at that, I look at Man United at home after that. Another another fixture where we've been really, really, um, really good in, in recent years. We've got a great record against Man United at Goodison of late. Uh, and a game that you, you just know Goodison will be up for, bang up for, and it's a game that you can absolutely see us winning. So it could be and should be the springboard for a decent season. Um I think anything mid-table, and we're looking a little bit further ahead, but anything mid-table we probably take after the, the nightmare that was last season. But in terms of what we're capable of and the fact that there is so few games between now and the next transfer window where who knows what we're going to do. It's, it's, it's a long season. There's a lot of points yet to be won and there's enough from this Everton side for me. And I know people will accuse me of getting carried away and I've seen other people getting accused of getting carried away. But I am so, so optimistic from what I'm seeing. It's a solid defence. We've got the best goalkeeper in the country. We've got a midfield now that are, that are more than a match for anybody. What we need now is obviously the, these attacking options to come together, gel a little bit more, maybe add one more in January. And who knows where this season can take us. But it's a great win. Uh, and, and I think if you can follow it up with another two wins on the spin in the Premier League, really does catapult you up that table. We could be sat in eighth or ninth place after the Southampton game. But I'm just gutted that we can't go on to that one a little bit quicker. It's a ridiculous, another set of ridiculous, pointless international fixtures, which I'm sure not many people are that bothered about. But at least we're going into it on the back of uh, of a win that we can enjoy for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's a good place to, to lead it. We've, we've came to a natural end to the podcast, I think. Just before I do go, um, I can say this. Maybe you guys can't. I can say this. Please head over. To the patron and subscribe to the, to the Bullens, please. I do it. I pay my two pounds a month. I get articles in my inbox from ex players. I get articles from the lads, in depth articles. I know what loan players are doing in depth, and I've also got the best audio content out there. The Bullens lads are fantastic at what they do. Please get over to the Bullens view on Twitter. There is a Patreon link in the audio. Two pounds a month gets you all sorts. And of course, I can say it again when transfer window opens. And the bubble's back on. I'm County Road is locked down, and I'm with them. I'm, <laughs> listening. I'm listening. So thanks for having me on, guys. I really do appreciate it. It's been a nice, positive podcast. Um, if anyone is listening and it's still a bank holiday, enjoy the rest of your bank holiday. Stay safe, and we'll catch you again down the road up the toffees. Mm-hmm.